All right, you guys, welcome back. And as always, a huge thank you for tuning in to another episode of Woman at Work. I'm Danielle, and I'm joined today by my best bud and co-founder, Cheval. Today's episode is very special to us, and we're so excited to welcome none other than Sarah Rose Summers, Miss USA 2018, who also competed in Miss Universe and placed in the top 20. I remember when we were sending out the email to invite her on. I actually didn't tell Shivali about this one because I knew she'd tell me I was out of my mind. Which, I mean, sometimes I am, but there was no way she thought that we'd get a response or even have Sarah notice our message. Yeah, and I was so happy when she did respond because I tend to be a bit of a realist, but regardless, just like Danielle said, we're so excited to have Sarah join us today. It's a huge honor. This one's going to be so fun and interesting, so make sure you stay to the end. And without any more chatter from us, let's get into it. We're so happy, like we said, to have you on here, Sarah. And um, granted, this was a couple years ago, but we still want to say a huge congratulations on winning Miss USA 2018, as well as having the opportunity to compete in Miss Universe. That's that's really amazing. Ah, thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know it was <laughs> a couple years ago already, but at the same time, it feels like yesterday. And then sometimes it feels like <laughs> I have imposter syndrome and it doesn't even feel like that ever happened at all. So (laughs) it's definitely a unique experience. So creating a visual for our listeners, and I know this is going back a couple years, as you said, but you're standing on the stage, the national broadcast is running, there's thousands watching you live and you're just up there, just you and you're soon to be runner up. So I'm sure there was so much running through your mind, but take us back, Sarah, what really was going through your mind in those seconds before your name was called? Oh gosh. So (laughs) again, just continuing on that picture you painted so well, like I almost got goosebumps. It is really neat to re-envision and put Mm -hmm. myself back in those shoes but um we had just gotten done with top five questions and then they break it down to the top three and the top three question is unique because all three of us are asked the same thing and they have soundproof headphones on so it's literally playing like rap music in there so you actually can't hear anything going on um And I was really blessed because I got to go first so I feel as though if I had had to wear those headphones I would have been just getting more nervous watching and not knowing what was going on. So I went first Mm -hmm. and I got to listen to North Carolina in Nevada. So Kaylin Mm -hmm. and Carolina um, go after me. And it was just so cool to see how we all answered the question so well, but also so differently. And that just goes Mm -hmm. to show like pageantry is super subjective. So at that point I still had no idea what was going to happen. Um, and then mm-hmm. it became top two, which was me and Kaylin Miller Keys, and we were actually already good friends. We had connected on a faith level and just from a moral standpoint and um, really connected during the week in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is where Miss USA was held that year. <laughs> Super strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and so during that top two moment, you asked what we were thinking or what I was thinking, and we were literally telling each other, you know, whichever one of us wins, I'll visit you or you'll visit me in New York City as soon as possible because mm-hmm. when you win Miss USA they up and move you to New York City for the year so mm-hmm. then they called me as the next Miss USA and Kaylin as the first runner up and it was really beautiful to be able to in that top two moment be fully content with like whichever of us won I was going to be just as happy um mm-hmm. like genuinely so that following weekend, she came to New York City and we explored together. It was great. 
Well, I think it's really great to see how friends taken from one level to another. And um, before we got on this interview and doing like a little bit of back, uh, backside research, I was like, Shival, you, so I've, I've been a huge like pageant fanatic watching Miss USA, Miss Universe. And I was like, Shival, you have to go and watch Miss USA because in those moments before the name is called, you always see the runners up and the two people standing, they're always saying something to each other. <laughs> and I think it's just so cool mm-hmm. to finally like know what you guys are saying to each other because it's always such a mystery because I mean, the nerves going through you, I mean, it must have been like something you'll carry with you forever right and I mean I think each experience is unique right and so Kaylin and I were extra unique in the fact that we were actually really good friends and so we were talking to each other as such Um, (laughs) I've also been in a top two situation where I knew the girl but we weren't super close and um, Mm -hmm. I know some girls pray together in the top two like Or oftentimes you just talk to each other like, okay, are they going to hurry up now? Because they blabber on about what the winner is going to get and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, again, it really depends on each unique situation. And I'm really grateful for for ours. Yeah, of course. And you mentioned your friends like Kaylin and um, at Miss USA and even before or after whatever pageants you did. um, Were there any specific women that had an impact on you or that obviously you're still obviously friends with them today but um, anyone that truly did have a huge impact on you oh absolutely so backstory of my pageant career if you will um I got a postcard in the mail when I was 10 years old and I was super shy we moved when I was in the second grade I cried and faked sick for the entire (laughs) school year um, I was, I would not talk to the lady at the target checkout counter if they like mm-hmm. asked me my name with my mom, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I got this postcard in the mail and I had been a dancer. And so on the picture, there were these girls and they're matching t-shirts, having fun, whatever. I brought it to my mom and I said, Oh, I want to do this. She kind of thought I'd forget mm-hmm. about it. I brought it up again. She said, okay, we'll ask your dad. So I asked my dad and, um, we embarked on this pageant journey that at the time we obviously had no idea what we were doing. I was horrified. I didn't place at all my first year. I stared at the ground and held my dress like for dear life. And, um, but Mm -hmm. I just gained so much confidence over the years. And Mm -hmm. one of the women that really transformed my life was the director of that pageant. She is just Mm -hmm. hysterical. Her name's Brianne and she is just so funny. And that pageant system is really unique because 12 and under can't wear any makeup. There's no swimsuit competition. It's all about building confidence and public speaking skills. And when you meet Brianne and she's preparing you for your first pageant or that weekend competition, whatever it may be, she tells you that when before you go into an interview or before you step on stage to do your personal introduction, look at yourself, give yourself a snap and say, I look good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, nice. it's way funnier when she does it in person she is just the biggest personality in the world um but I love her so much she co-hosted or she actually hosted my homecoming back to Nebraska after I won Miss mm-hmm. USA so we've actually become family friends and she and her husband were at our wedding in October so really grateful for her but oh gosh I could just go on and on forever but she really <laughs> is what helped transform me from that caterpillar to more of a butterfly Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And moving forward a bit, um, you won Miss USA. And how was your life changed the very night of your crowning? And what responsibilities were you given or what you had to take up? Oh, gosh, that is a loaded yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> so the night before winning, um, I had planned to go back to I'm from Nebraska. 
I, Mm -hmm. at the time, had graduated cum laude from Texas Christian University. I had just finished my clinical rotations to be a certified child life specialist. I did those in Oklahoma (laughs) City at OU Children's. And then I had sat for my certification exam, which is offered quarterly. And so I had done all of these things leading up to going back to Nebraska and becoming a certified child life specialist or, well, I already was, I just needed a job. (laughs) Um, And my husband or my now husband and I were dating at the time and we were long distance for most of our relationship. He was in Texas and I was in Nebraska. So my plan was to go back to Nebraska, get a job, get engaged, get married, move down to Texas eventually um, and work down there Mm -hmm. as a child life specialist. Well then Mm -hmm. When I won, I mean, literally overnight, you take the bags that you had packed at the pageant to New York City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not ever anticipate – my goal was top 15, okay? So keeping that in mind, mm-hmm. I hadn't packed to move to New York City, right? Like my room where I was living with my parents at the time was left like chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, I had planned on going back after Miss Ousay. Um mm-hmm. But when you get to Miss USA or get to New York City to the apartment, you live with the Miss Universe. And so Demi greeted me and was just the sweetest ever. And um, that's another person who's left a beautiful impact on my life. She was my Miss Universe when I was USA and got to be roommates exploring New York City together. But you are met with your stylist. So they dress you, thankfully, because like I said, it was not packed accordingly, uh, which is media week. So you're interviewed on live with Kelly and Ryan. Good morning, America. Mm-hmm. Um, just a conglomeration of interviews. And that was really fun and really mm-hmm. overwhelming. So I'd say that when you win, you go like 100% for about a week. And then after that, like I mentioned already, Kaylin and came and visited that weekend. Then I got to like, actually settle in to New York. Um, But you asked what responsibilities I had and what did Mm -hmm. I take on? So you were the spokeswoman, you were the face, you were the advocate for the Miss Universe organization for the year. You represent each and every state title holder that I got to compete against. Um, If you're not in the pageant world, we actually call each other sisters because it is like a sisterhood, like if you think sorority life might be. Um, So... I would constantly remind myself that whether it was a day in New York City where I was kind of bored because there was nothing on my schedule and I felt a little lonely because even though New York is crazy, if you don't plan to get out of your apartment or if you don't have any commitments, it can be quite lonely, especially if you just move there and don't really know anyone yet. So I reminded myself of those girls on the lower days and then on the really crazy awesome days where I had a service event and then I had a lunch with a sponsor or... Um, mm-hmm. was traveling nationally, internationally. So it was mm-hmm. an amazing year and each day was totally different. Like one question I mm-hmm. laugh at is what did your day-to-day look like? Because there was mm-hmm. no one day like the next. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, it truly sounds like an amazing year, but circling back on something that you said that you mentioned, it was as surreal as it was also overwhelming. So looking back on it, what would, was there any advice that would you give yourself that something you would do differently in these situations or just how did you get yourself going to the rhythm of going from living in Nebraska, like you said, to the Big Apple and these constant events and appearances? Mm-hmm. So one thing that I'm really grateful for is I'm an extrovert. 
So I mm-hmm. do get energy from others. Like I told you, my lonely days, those are my low days. Mm-hmm. My low days mm-hmm. weren't when I was super, super busy. Busy equals good for me. <laughs> um, nothing equals lonely, kind of feeling mm-hmm. down. So as far as going, going, going all the time and travel and meeting people mm-hmm. and um, that was never an issue for me. That was natural. I mean, from my work in children's hospitals too, I'm used to speaking to children and to parents and my grandpa's in an assisted living and I'd volunteer there. So I can pretty much talk to any walk of life, any age, um, and enjoy that. And what I continued to remind myself on the days when maybe I was just literally physically tired, um, was Mm -hmm. that this is just a once in a lifetime opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to soak up each moment. So one thing that I did on those really busy days to be able to do that was, yes, social media was a part of my year. And I've talked to some former Miss USAs of mine where Instagram, for example, wasn't as huge or wasn't even, didn't even exist when they were Miss USA. And so mm-hmm. even just thinking about how different that is, if I was at an event, for example, or a service opportunity with Smile Train in Mexico Most likely, there was the whole Miss Universe organization social media team there, but then you're also expected to post on your own, on your own page. So one thing that I always was sure to try to do, especially if I was in a different city, was instead of being on my phone in the Uber or the car service from point A to point B, I would tell myself that I would take care of that like at night at the hotel so that I could actually look out the window and see the city that I was in. Um, Absolutely. And I'm really grateful that I did that. But otherwise, I don't know advice that I give myself then. I think that I, or I know that I'm very fortunate to have had the family that I did. And they gave me all the great advice that I would just kind of continue to reiterate. As a pageant girl, I think it's also a very common misconception that, oh, it's just a bunch of girls in pretty dresses. And I think it does obviously go (laughs) further than that. And your podcast, which, by the way, we're huge fans of (laughs) Behind the Crown, um, you you tell that there's a real person with real feelings behind um, that that special um, crown and that um, sash and everything. So have you ever found yourself judged or stereotyped and how did you deal with negativity? Oh, of course. I mean, whether that goes from when I was a freshman in high school, um, like I told you, I started competing when I was 10 years old. So when I was a freshman, I competed for five years before I won, and that ended up being my freshman year. Um, Girls were just so mean to me. There was a mass text message. This is like pre-social media, right? So (laughs) pre-cyberbullying, it was like the mass chain text message that went around about me, my family's home was egged, you know, people just assumed that I was superficial, whatever that might be. And um, during those really hard times, especially when you're young, like in high school, I just really relied on my family and got to spend a ton of time with my parents and my brother that I maybe otherwise wouldn't had I been like a quote, normal unquote high schooler. So looking back, um, those were all stereotypes based on pageant people. But then when younger underclassmen, for example, as I continued through high school, got to actually know me, I can't tell you on my fingers and on my toes how many times people said, oh, you're really nothing like people think you are, (laughs) which you just have to laugh it off um, and have to keep that 
long-term longevity mindset of, yes, mm-hmm. people might think this about me right now, um, mm-hmm. but later. But let's try to prove them wrong, first of all. And if not, who cares? (laughs) Like, who cares what people think? They are, um, I've always been a proponent of quality over quantity Mm -hmm. as far Mm -hmm. as friendships go. And I mean, there was a time in high school and even at the beginning of college where I thought that I wouldn't maybe even have one or two bridesmaids. And then looking back, now I'm literally smiling as I'm talking to you guys. So <laughs> podcasts are weird. You can't see us, but I hope yeah. you're my happiness. Um, mm-hmm. In October, we got married. I got married to the love of my life in October. And um, when I sat down last year to select my bridal party, mm-hmm. I was honestly overwhelmed and, and taken back by the amount of love and quality friendships that I have formed over the years Mm -hmm. because of the crappy feelings and the the cruddy friendships that I had to weed through in high school and college. So all that being said, people are going to stereotype you, whether it's in pageant land or your (laughs) soccer team, like it's going to happen. And they might even be mean or start a chain text, but you just got to be the bigger person. And I don't think I strive to forgive and forget but I strive mm-hmm. to forgive and let God. I don't I don't think forgiving and forgetting is the answer because mm-hmm. you grow and you learn so much. Never try to forget mm-hmm. anything that has made you who you are. I think that's some amazing advice for both Shivali and I and our listeners who will be tuning into this shortly. Good. I'm so glad. <laughs> and again, I just wanted to touch on too. Thank you so much for noting my pod. It was really fun. I so it's called More Than a Crown and I chose mm-hmm. that name because at the end of my year as Miss USA, I know we chatted a little already about when you mm-hmm. win, it literally changes your life overnight. But Mm -hmm. when I crowned Chesley, who's still the current Miss USA, Mm -hmm. it kind of unchanges overnight as well. (laughs) And so I realized that during my year as Miss USA, you know, my management team and all of that scheduled things for me, but I wanted to still be able to use my voice and share my stories as well as the stories of others who have inspired me Mm -hmm. on a platform more so than just Instagram. Not that Instagram isn't great, but I just felt like I could continue to do more. So that's why I chose that because like you asked about stereotypes, people can stereotype pageant girls as, like you said, just the pretty face and the dress, but um, there's just so much more depth and wisdom and um, encouragement to be shared. So that's why I chose to do the podcast route. awesome yeah I was just about to ask you where you got the idea but moving forward a little bit so as Miss USA going backwards I guess a little bit you have this absolutely huge platform like you said with social media Instagram the appearances and you have this platform to inspire and empower young girls and I think that actually lines up perfectly with our goals here at Women at Work but we want to ask you how did you utilize your year I know you spoke on this a little bit um previously but what kind of message did you hope to spread with your platform in this year Mm, yeah so when I won like I said I had just finished my schooling and my certification exam to be a certified child life specialist so Mm -hmm. when you win Miss USA there are already organizations charities foundations that are in partnered in partnership Mm -hmm. pardon me with the Miss Universe organization so I was able to sit down with my manager and say 
okay, well, because my passion and my experience in education Mm -hmm. leads to children's healthcare, I'd really love to pour into those charities the most. Of course, I want to be involved in everything, but that's where my heart lies and that's where my expertise is. Mm -hmm. So I worked a lot with Smile Train, which is a organization that provides cleft palate surgeries for those that could otherwise not afford it in developing countries just around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also worked closely with Project Sunshine, which is here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. They work to, if you will, bring sunshine into the children's <laughs> hospital room because it can otherwise be such a scary um, place. They're taken out of their normal environment, their normal routine. So Smile Train goes in to bring joy and whether that's through bla- bracelets or crafts or games or whatever that may be. Um, but uh, otherwise... Other than just my education and career experience, throughout the mm-hmm. year, I wanted to, it all goes back to being present. So at Miss USA, I wanted to be present in that top two moment. After I mm-hmm. won, I wanted to be present in the cities that I visited so I wasn't on my phone all the time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. during my year, fast forward, I won in May and then fall, I walked in New York Fashion Week, which... As a girl from Nebraska who works in the medical <laughs> field, I never really expected to do such a thing, but it was really cool. I remember ex- mm-hmm. describing it to my dad as, okay, dad, this is like the Super Bowl of fashion. New York Fashion mm-hmm. Week is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but after that day, I got on, or not after that day, that exact evening, I got on social media and all over my personal Instagram, the Miss USA page, as well as the brand who I walked for. Mm-hmm. I was being called a pig, ashamed of the organization, oink, oink, she's gained so much weight, take the crown away from her, she's going to ruin Miss USA at Miss Universe, blah, 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 all these horrible things that Mm -hmm. I never would have expected. Um, And I'm an athletic body type, but Mm -hmm. that is beside the point. Like, I should never have to explain this, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So that being said, instead of just having all those comments deleted – I called my manager the next morning after I was able to kind of sort through it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I said, I want to respond to this because whether it is other models on the runway or whether it is a 14 year old girl in Idaho reading these comments that thinks, Oh, well, if she's big, then what am I? I -hmm. want people to realize that this is not okay. This is where Mm -hmm. our distorted ideals of beauty come from, you know, facetune, everything. So um, Mm -hmm. I wrote up a little script for myself. I had it proofread by the team and edited accordingly to their approval. And then we recorded me just speaking at the camera, put it on YouTube, put it on the Miss Universe accounts and put it on mine. So although that was never a plan, for my year, I never said, okay, well, I'm going to get body shamed and then I'm going to speak out about it. And that's going to be my message. Um, it turned into that. So that all goes into being present and taking each mm-hmm. experience as almost an opportunity to use that platform for good for everyone. So that's just one example, but yeah. I'm grateful I did it. I'm grateful we didn't just delete them and brush it under the rug. Mm-hmm. And of course, body shaming is disgusting, and I'm sorry you had to go through that, but also it's inspiring to see how you, instead of, like, obviously sweeping it under the rug, you were like, hey, let's let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. 
Um, Absolutely. And I'm so grateful that the Miss Universe organization supported that, mm -hmm. you know, because it's essentially, like I said, I'm their spokeswoman. So they could have just said, no, Sarah Rose, we don't really want to support that messaging. Mm -hmm. We're just going to delete these crisis management 101 and move on. But they were Mm -hmm. super supportive. That's great. Mm -hmm. And um, if you could give advice to someone um, my age or our age or anyone, um, what would that be? Any young woman? Oh, my goodness. That is so broad. (laughs) Do you want to talk about relationships? Do you want to talk about friendships? Do you want to talk about career? I could go everywhere here. Um, Whatever you feel is the most uh, prominent and relates to your life the most, I think. Oh, good heavens. So many directions. So (laughs) first, I guess, if you guys are in a place where you're feeling like, what's my purpose? What am I going to do? I want to make a difference in people's lives. I want to have a reason to be alive every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to volunteer Mm -hmm. wherever (laughs) your heart is interested in. So for example, I went to college with a broadcast journalism degree initially Uh and then changed that to strategic communications, which is PR marketing and social media Mm -hmm. with a minor in business. And then I was volunteering at the local children's hospital because I thought I would want to do PR for a children's hospital. Um, And I was introduced to the field of child life. Mm -hmm. So getting involved in a volunteer opportunity of somewhere you're passionate about, it might even lead to your career. And Mm -hmm. otherwise, it is still just going to give you – it's going to fill your cup at the end of the day. So I would encourage you, especially as young as possible, to just start volunteering in a variety of places to find out where your heart aligns the most. Um, Sometimes it will be trial and error. You know, we're not all going to be passionate about – saving the oceans you know I live in Nebraska I don't know how that would work (laughs) Um, but finding that cause that your heart aligns with is just so so important Um, Mm -hmm. but otherwise I mean just to the girl that's listening that is maybe hurting from a friendship breakup that is so Mm -hmm. real if you're hurting from a broken family or a heartbreak your first heartbreak in a relationship I want to remind you that it gets better. I Mm -hmm. promise you. Um, I had a horrible heartbreak in college and it was the guy that at the time, ha ha, I thought I was going to (laughs) marry. And looking back, I'm so grateful that it ended. Um, it was, it was awful though. Let me tell you, he broke up with me on Valentine's day and I was a wreck, a wreck, a wreck. And most (laughs) of our friends in college were mutual friends. So I lost Mm -hmm. some of my girlfriends in the process, so it turned into heartbreak to broken friendships. Mm -hmm. And then I was single really for the first time in my life because high school was so hard girlfriend-wise. I was totally a boyfriend girl. Like, I always (laughs) had boyfriends. So I was single for really the first time in my dating life for a year and a half in college, and that's when I was able to really focus on myself. I turned to – finished two degrees in four years, really Mm -hmm. got close to quality girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And so I would just encourage you to focus on yourself. If you're hurting, find those things that give you a purpose and give you a meaning because I promise it gets better. You'll get through that hard time and you'll look back and smile at your former self and how much you've grown. Mm-hmm. And it's actually ironic that you mentioned the whole friend thing and losing some friends because um, I think that hits really close to home for both Chevalier and I because um, just a little bit of a backstory for a woman at work and how this all started. So we both actually transferred to the same school this year and we didn't know each other or didn't directly know each other, but it turned out that we went to the same 
previous schools for years and our paths have been crossed through orchestra and other activities but it just so happened that like this year we transferred and we had this idea of making change and I think through the process of transferring schools I think both of us Shivali can back me up on this one that Mm -hmm. we really found out that who our real friends are if you will so um it's so amazing to see like the people that we do stay in touch with and so many people Shivali as you said like who we just don't even talk to anymore because whether it was like the switching the schools or just the distance, but it's just like you were saying the the break, like the heartbreak does end or the feelings of sadness and losing these friends is, but it's just so much better whenever you do know, like who is there for you, who really is part of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as you get older, it's beautiful when that distance is there, but you reconnect or you're mm-hmm. always connected, but you don't have to talk every day, right? Yeah. So yeah. I find quality friendships to be supportive girl boss friendships where we can get together after five months of not seeing each other and pick up right where we left off. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just so glad that you guys have each other and I'm oh, I'm happy for you. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, switching, switching gears a bit. You mentioned that you were a certified child life specialist, correct? Um, yes. Um, so we're curious you mentioned volunteering and how that kind of sparked your interest but how else did you get into the professional sphere and was there any personal um experience that led you to that um career yes so when i was about five years old i was hospitalized at the children's hospital of omaha with something called idiopathic thrombrosinopenic purpura (laughs) which sounds super scary (laughs) so you just call it itp for short Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna lie to you and pretend that i remembered those experiences Mm -hmm. right I was so young yeah however I do remember seeing my dad Mm -hmm. like not super Mm -hmm. strong he was a little scared for the first time ever in my Mm -hmm. life that I can remember Mm -hmm. and I I was super into all the hospital stuff like I watched my nurse put my IV in my arm um she helped make it less scary by naming my IV pole because when you're little you're told not to go anywhere with a stranger or anything that makes you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. right and so Mm -hmm. when you're in the hospital and you have an IV you have to take it to the bathroom you have to take it on your walks through the hallway all of that Mm -hmm. and so we named it it was buddy um (laughs) so based on my experience in children's hospitals and watching my parents need the their dots connected um Mm -hmm. I that's what sparked my interest in volunteering mm-hmm. in that setting. Um, but I never really desired to be in the nursing or the medical field per se because I've never really loved science or math. So mm-hmm. that's why I thought I'd do that PR track. But then I was introduced mm-hmm. in college to certified child life specialist field. So mm-hmm. just goes to show you might not know everything that you think you do because I had volunteered in children's hospitals in a variety of ways, but I still didn't know that that career existed until many years later. So I hope that answers your question. I do remember mm-hmm. being in high school and taking all of those tests <laughs> of, okay, what am I going to do with my life? Here's my skills, yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah. And don't be afraid to change your major. Um, <laughs> everybody does it. It's totally okay. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so funny that you say, cause both Shivali and I, we hate needles and I, whenever I had to get my IV, I just turned away. I had to close my eyes. I was like, just tell me when it's over. So it's so funny to see how people, um, or how you got into your journey of getting into the medical field, which is amazing, I think. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And you connected different aspects of your life to your career. So that's great mm-hmm. as well. And we also wanted to ask you this almost as a closing question. Um, 
let us in on your secret. Do you still wear your crown around the house? Because I know we'd keep that thing on 24-7. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, no. <laughs> Actually, I do have my Nebraska Teen USA crown, that crown that I want, the National American Miss crown, um, mm-hmm. the sashes, whatever. But when you win Miss USA, my crown was the Mickey Moto, and those are real pearls and diamonds, so you don't actually get to keep it. It is the organization's. Um, I do have a replica though that I had at our wedding. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually wear it at the wedding. It was on like a table next to my husband's baseball shrine. So it was like our little area. Um, I've worn it once during quarantine, like for five minutes, just because I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> otherwise, no, I don't actually wear it. Oh. <laughs> well, we do like to end off our podcast on something that has become our golden golden staple, and it's on all, all of our podcasts, but it's called What's Your Fight Song? So I'm sure you're familiar with the fight song. It was released back in 2015 by Rachel Platten, and bouncing off this idea of female empowerment, we want to ask you, sir, so what's your quote-unquote fight song? What makes you get up every day? What motivates you to do these amazing things? It can be a person, activity, or really whatever you'd like to share. Mm, oh, my goodness. So... We've gone everywhere from me laughing, from me being pretty serious with you guys. So I could give you some um, Christian song, but I'm honestly going to go with Akuna Matata. I'm going to keep it lighthearted here. And I'm going to go with my child life background, right? Try to think like Mm -hmm. a child. But there's something so beautiful about the innocence of a child and um, Mm -hmm. how they ask the most unfiltered, genuine questions. And I think Akuna Matata means no worries, you know, especially during this time where there's so much unknown in our world and therefore in our lives. It's important to remember what really matters and not stress the little things. For sure. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned quarantine. So how have you been spending your quarantine, actually? (laughs) Oh, good heavens. So Connor and I, we had been living in New York City. I obviously moved there when I won Miss USA in May of 2018. So I'd been there for two years. Mm -hmm. He joined me in October of this last year after we got married. He was really only there, which is so sad, for like four months when New York was declared a state of emergency in March. Mm -hmm. My parents called and they were like, okay, I feel like you guys should come home because grocery stores were running low on food and supplies and we didn't want to be trapped in our Four or 700 square foot apartment so we packed our bags thinking it'd be like two weeks in Nebraska and <laughs> here we are now so uh, we went back in May when our lease was up and we put our stuff in storage in New York so that we're not paying New York City rent and not living there we're just paying for storage and we're waiting it out um it's kind of a conversation right now of will we go back this year will it be 2021 Um, will we go back at all so our plan had been to live in New York and be adventurous and fun and travel for the first two Mm -hmm. to three years of marriage and then we'd go back to Dallas long term Mm -hmm. just because Mm -hmm. that's where Connor's network is and his family and when babies become a part of the conversation (laughs) we'd want to be closer to family which Mm -hmm. is not anytime Mm -hmm. soon so don't get any crazy ideas Um, (laughs) but so there's just like I said akuna matata means no worries we're just very grateful to be healthy and my parents have been wonderful they've given us our space upstairs um because you don't really expect to be newlywed living with your parents or your (laughs) in-laws but we're really grateful for the safety and we're saving money so it is what it is of course absolutely and safety does come first so that's always a plus 
<laughs> yeah. But it was truly amazing hearing about the ups, the downs, the challenges, the successes. And just thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. It's been an honor hearing your story and having you on today. And I know I know our listeners will be beyond excited for this release. Oh, I'm so glad. It was such a delight. I'm truly proud of you guys, inspired by you, and really grateful that you sent me an email and made this happen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Woman at Work. This was Shivali and Danielle. See you next time.